Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rugbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast. I don't think it's easier to referee because women are more technical. We the, the saying is that we tend to work smarter, not harder. And I think that really comes through the game. Right. And I enjoy it from a technical point of view. At the end of the day, I'm a referee. It doesn't mean I just, as a female referee, I don't just referee females games. I want to referee males games. Rugby Coach Weekly presents The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root, cut out the fluff, and challenge the masters of their domain to cut to the chase. Welcome to The Coaching Knife, when we cut to the root of the matter. In this episode, we speak to Becky Kettleborough, a Somerset RFU referee, focusing on why it is hard to be a female referee. We're going to cut to the root on why men don't seem to take women's referees seriously. Becky, are you ready for the knife? Yes, let's uh, let's go. Why not stick to just refereeing women's games? Uh, This is actually something that a lot of people do say, especially a lot of people that aren't in the refereeing world and say, why do you take this It's Women's, I love refereeing women's games. Uh, Usually they play a lot more technically. It can be a lot so it depends on the level. Overall, a lot more, I found a lot more respectful and a lot more like, oh yeah, we've got a female ref, they understand. Yeah, but sure, a, that which I find as well when I referee. But don't you find the game is a it's a lot slower, so it's actually a lot easier to referee. Or am I thinking diff- wrongly there? I don't think it's easier to referee because women are more technical. We the the saying is that we tend to work smarter, not harder, and I think that really comes through the game. Right. And I enjoy it from a technical point of view. At the end of the day, I'm a referee. It doesn't mean I just, as a female referee, I don't just referee females games. I want to referee males games. They, a game is a game to me. I'm there to facilitate a game, no matter what the gender is. Uh, males game, they are played differently, definitely. Okay, so give me give me some reasons why the men's game is different. So you said the women's, the women's be smarter. What's the things you notice most about the men's game as a referee? It depends what level you're doing, really. It is obviously about the game it's about the winning of the game but it, it moves a lot faster uh, you have to be they have to be aware I feel like I have to I'm confident at what I do but I feel that's tested at every single rock that I get through or every single breakdown or even if they break through the line it's oh can she keep up and I, I can but it's one of those things that you can't as, as a new referee I can't foresee I'm still trying to read the game that's ahead of me men tend to uh, they they work harder sometimes you're like can you work smarter it's a bit sometimes over committal to rucks it can be hard to get there you're trying to navigate a lot of bodies that generally are a lot taller than you, you so when you so when you so let's go back to the rucks then and uh so you're saying i mean rucks are hard to to manage what things are you looking for then uh that really give you the signal that things have either gone well or you need to be stepping in you want a clearer picture at a ruck. So when you get to a ruck, first of all, it'll be tackle release. And it'll be, is the tackler letting go of the ball? Is everyone coming through the gate? And that can be really hard to manage when you've got a lot of bodies all falling over each other. And that's what you don't want. You want it to be clean when you get there. You want the ball to get away as quickly as possible. And it's one of those where a lot of the, at the lower levels, 
you're still trying it's more about play and more about fun a lot of people that are just newly starting as well that don't quite really understand where the gate is and you're there to manage that situation whereas in women's rugby you don't get so much over committal to it you get a lot more kind of technical play it's not to say that one game is better than the other it's about managing them differently and knowing how to so you've been talking about managing quite a lot which is obviously a key term that we use in refereeing now we started by saying uh why not just stick to women's games what are the different challenges then of managing these players so okay let's go beyond the fact that uh uh, they may commit themselves more or less to rucks and they may work harder, not smarter. How do you manage, uh, certainly men who see, the first thing they see is it's a young referee, it's a woman. But in the captain's brief, so in the captain's brief, it's about, I feel it's about establishing my confidence and establishing myself and giving them that level. Like this, this is me, do not disrespect me. I am here to facilitate the game for you. And at the end of the day, it's very much, and I, I don't know, I wouldn't ever say this out loud, but in my head, just to give myself confidence, I'm like, they need me, I don't need them. I'm here to facilitate this game. And at the end of the day, if I assert myself in the captain's brief, then that's that's the standard that I set and I hope to maintain throughout the game. So when it does come up during the game as like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. you And I'm like, well, actually, I do. I've read all 21 laws, 9A, B, C, D and everything like that. And I do feel sometimes at certain levels, you're almost going, well, actually, no, you can't take a quick line out because this or this is a mall. Or sometimes you're actually reiterating the points. And when I get a chance to do that, like reiterate the law during the game, I tend to gain confidence with that. But I feel... During male games, I've got to more work more at that than what I do in females. The female game, they're like, oh, okay, blowing the whistle. Yep, that's what we've got to do. Okay, brilliant. Let's reset. Let's go. It's a lot easier. Whereas the male game, you're almost kind of, you're not, you don't have to justify yourself, but you feel like you are. And I've got to the point now, I'm, I'm new to it, but I'm going, who's reffing? Because I am. So if I've missed something, and I think a lot of it is about being honest as well. So and you, must get- be, you must be anxious then when you're walking through the door. I mean, we're, all, all referees are anxious, no matter what. But you must be anxious because of all that uh, perceived baggage of who you are versus who they are. How do you help yourself, apart from obviously saying they need they need me more than I need them? How else do you sort of mentally prepare yourself to dealing dealing with that? And I suppose the second question will be, why put yourself through that? So let's go with the first one. How do you mentally prepare yourself? Uh, a lot of deep breaths. Can't lie. It's very, every game is different, especially when it's the first time you've been to a team and you look at the level, you look at where they are in the league and then you think, is this game affecting for them in the league? Every game does matter to the players. And I think it's about understanding that I would never want to be game affecting. So for me, it's, the anxiety never goes. It doesn't It doesn't matter if it's a female game or a male game. And it's about going, I I'm confident in myself. I know I have a coach as well with Somerset. Somerset, every society are really supportive. I have quite a few friends that I'm going, I'm not sure of this. What do you think? There's a lot, we all know there's a lot of grey areas as well. And I think it's in the captain's brief, as much as I'm trying to assert my position and my confidence, I'm dying inside. I'm like, I have got this. It's about backing myself and believing in myself. And it's, I've come away from a couple of games and I've gone, oh, now, could I have done better or was I not ready from the start? It's very much you need to be in that professional mindset. So like 
people go to work and you act different at work than what you do at home a little, lot more laid back it I kind of go in the professional mindset where it it matters and I've got something to do and I actually there was a lady Leonie Pryor said to me it's almost like survival mode like believe in yourself you've got this you've got an 80 minute game to go through I know what I'm doing there's there's obviously gray areas and things that aren't always as cut and dry as what they seem I see a lot of things differently than what people do on the sidelines and that's the other thing spectators can sometimes be worse than the actual players isn't it sometimes uh, I've been certainly told that uh, you are not just managing the 30 players on the pitch you are uh, the referee for everybody and that's why your signals have to be clear so how are you dealing with spectators or are you not dealing with them at all I mean obviously they'll have an influence can you go and do anything about it or you just got to be a better version of yourself there's I mean with coaches and spectators there are certain things that you can do but to be honest I'm more interested in what's happening in between the touchlines and the goal lines I'm there to facilitate the game and I I mean my previous history I've worked uh, within a prison environment and I've worked for the army as a civilian PTI there's not much people can say to me that's going to rattle me to be honest and for me it's more about it says more about them than it does about me now, I've had my partner stand on the sideline where he's been listening to the abuse and it's probably affected him more than it's affected me. And I, I know it's quite prevalent at the moment, like people get a sideline abuse from the spectators and coaches, but it really is. People really should think about what they're saying before they say it because it can affect people a lot worse than it affects me. And at the end of the day, at my level, yes, we get paid expenses, but we're volunteering our time. And that time's the hour before you turn up the game time and then the, the time after where you go into the bar and you're wondering whether people like you or not or are they happy that you turned up that anxiety isn't just the beginning of the game it runs throughout the whole of it so and i'm glad you, sorry i'm glad to say expenses so i'm just going to move on to that because you you talked to i i suggested a question which was why bother doing it and uh, if the bristol society is anything like the somerset referee society expenses is a very very loose term for a few pennies so a question i suppose i want to ask is why why do you do it because you could do it or we we might say actually referees should be paid a lot more uh they should be paid maybe 20 or 30 pounds a game because of not just the travel time but it might attract more people into it now i think that the difficulty is that referees won't be coming, want to come forward and say because they do it for the love of the game. Do you think that actually referees should be paid more uh, because uh, because it would attract or keep people in the game? I think there's an argument for that, yes. So I've started actually, and this will be relevant, I've started uh, volunteering my time to some local clubs to do their age grade games so that their coaches can coach instead of having to ref their own games. I turned up the other day uh, to Clevedon actually and they said oh how much are we paying you I said oh you're not I'm a bit confused uh, I said oh, I mean you can pay my travel if you want to uh, but I'm here one for practice two it means you don't have to referee uh, but three because I love doing what I'm doing call me insane but it's literally I think if we did get paid a 20 or 30 pound match fee especially for our time because it could take hours especially turn up for during and after. I think it would be more attracting, but it's grassroots. The money isn't always there. And if there was, for me, I'd want it to go towards the age grade or I'd want it to go towards better facilities. I'd rather have a hotter shower, to be honest, at the end of a game. 
and we do do it for the love of it but I think sometimes that gets lost in translation between the players and the people on the sideline they don't realize that the four hours it took we yeah we we just get paid mileage which might might accumulate to 20 pounds or less depending on on where you go and that doesn't equate to sometimes the abuse that we get however I absolutely love it I love repping it's one of the best moves I've ever made it creates a whole new world of friends and I mean do we talk about rugby and rugby only yes we do but I'm happy with that that suits me (laughs) so let's go back to uh the less less pleasant part of it Let's go back to the the, the nitty gritty of uh, men's rugby not respecting women referees. What specifically do you get, and how then do you deal with it? How do you actually, uh, apart from being excellent at refereeing, they're not going to know that until forty minutes into the game. They're going to start the game by thinking, "Oh God, not another women referee." Uh, Yeah, here we go again. They're not going to know what's going on at the the scrums and it's going to be a disaster. So how can you get off to the right start with them or just start to smooth some of those rough edges in their minds? I I feel like when we go, we we tend to, as, as a new referee as well, I tend to over justify my my background. So I've been playing on and off for 14 years. Yes, I've only been refereeing for one season, but I tend to almost over-justify my kind of qualification to be doing this. Again, it's about asserting my authority, but the it doesn't, I would want to say the majority are absolutely fine. The majority of men are like, just got a referee, brilliant, we can crack on. It's the minority and it's the, during the the game, it'll be that, oh, but, that she doesn't know what she's doing. This is why we shouldn't have women referees. And it's like, well, actually, are you refing? No, you're not. You're playing. Okay. I'm the one that's got the whistle. And it's about, in the captain's brief as well, it's, I'm going to go through you. If your player is going to be disrespectful to me, then I'm going to speak to you and you're going to speak to him. And at the end of the day, the I've got the escalation techniques of card carding because I don't have to be put through that and you don't want to be a player down. So it's about... A lot of the time through the game, putting the owners back onto the captain and putting it back onto the team to go, this is unacceptable. Now, would you speak to a male like this? Because probably not. You know, well, you or... might be surprised some of the games I referee, but uh, you're, you're quite right. I think it's uh, they almost give themselves permission to say that. Yeah. And it's the, the thing you can get called during a game as well. Like I've been called Gabe and I'm like, well, that's really not acceptable, is it? What, and he's like, oh, I think he was, I don't quite know where that came from. And I was like, it's miss or it's sir. And if all else fails, call me Raph. You've got one warning. Sometimes you, I think there's a fine line between did they mean it or was it just something that tumbled out? They were just kind of thinking. And because of my experience, my life experience, I kind of think, like, all right, I'll let that go but there's a warning, but there is no more than one warning. And I think the other thing as well is for us, we almost have to get, there is one warning, but after that, there's nothing. And we, it's about the confidence about carding. And you don't want to have to card somebody for the way that they're being, because it's the values of rugby. It's teamwork, respect, enjoyment. If I'm not enjoying it, you're probably not. Mm. And as a ref as well, that's not what the game's for. You're there to facilitate the enjoyment of the game safety aspect the teamwork and respect 
and they're ruining that for everybody. And you, if you then say to the team, well, you're number 13, I'm not having that again. You put it back on the team to go, 13, what are you doing? Don't speak to her like that. If she's here, uh, at the end, there was a match abandoned, I believe. We can just gone by a referee because of the abuse, not, not in my area. It's a different area. And that's what it's going to come to if it doesn't stop. And it's about everyone starts somewhere. I mean, no one's a perfect rugby player to begin with. Let's face or, it. Or, or even at the end of it. So uh, well, Exactly. And I think people need to understand that neither are we. We don't go to an academy. We don't go to a referee school for six weeks. We literally volunteer to do this. We read a book and then we practice. So let's just go quickly go back to the volunteer bit. What, uh, what tipped you over the edge? What made you go into referee? So I currently play as well. Oh, I play for Ding's uh, Crusaders and uh, injury. I mean, I've had a broken hands last season when I was out for eight weeks and then rehabbed. And then I bought and tendons and ligaments in the right side of my SI joint, being dump tackled, actually. Mm. And I, I love rugby. I love being part of it. But my playing career, I got told by the hip specialist, if I take another hip the wrong way, then that's it. That's me done. And I was like, oh, what? Well, I don't really want to be out of it. How can I stay in? And, and coaching, I... I mean, I watch my coaches and I have total and utter respect for coaches. It's just not it's not something that I'm into. Whereas my one of my friends was like, he's belongs to Somerset uh, Referee Society. And he was like, I think you'd be good at this. You've got the fitness, you've got the confidence. And let's face it, it's a learning curve. Everyone learns it, every game. Have a go. And that's how I got into it. Did a couple of tournaments to begin with, a couple of fun tournaments. Um, and then I just absolutely love it. Despite everything that goes wrong there's so much of it that goes right mm. and I think that's the other thing at the moment there's a lot of people focusing on the negatives the abuse the this that but then compared to maybe two or three games that didn't go so well but I got those comments I've got about eight to twelve games where it's gone brilliantly the clubs have messaged me afterwards and said thank you so much and the best ref we've had this season please come back again and I don't think actually a lot of clubs get credit for that because as much as, yes, I've got three or four that didn't go very well and it gets harder to get over mentally, I've got another eight to 12 that are like, you're great. And I'm like, thank you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to say thank you now, uh, just to try and uh, pull it all together. But that was brilliant. Really enjoyed that and uh, the passion that you have for that. So uh, Becky, as she says, uh, she's still playing for Ding's Crusaders. Uh, member of the Somerset's Referee Society. Uh, she volunteers with her team as a link between player and manager and uh, helps to drive the team in the right direction and establish a club that has value, honesty, integrity as a team that everyone can be part of. Uh, you can contact her through the Somerset Referee Society and she's on Instagram as Rebecca underscore rugby ref. Uh, we're going to finish with some quick fire questions. Uh, the scariest question is, how old are you? 33. 33. Yeah, getting on a bit, yeah. So, young referees, uh, watch out. Uh, what uh, what book is by your bedside? Uh, it is The Laws Rugby book. I read yeah, it before and I for every game just to make sure that I know what I'm doing. The best answer ever, that was. Uh, which coach or teacher are you loving at the moment? 
So um, obviously, because of Raffin, it is Hollywood. She's just recently worked together with RFU to bring out a maternity policy. And I think that is just paving the way for female match officials at all levels and just in general in the RFU. She took her a lot of time to do that. Credit be to her, someone had to, and she's found the flag for it. So, yeah, she's an inspiration. Uh, which team or sport or subject would you love to coach at the moment? God. Red Roses, obviously. <laughs> uh, they are going to be, uh, yeah, they yeah. are going to be the ones to watch out for. Having just sold more tickets than the RWC 2021, yeah, that would be amazing to be part of that, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, who's inspired you most? This is going to be a little bit close to home. So it's one of my friends in Somerset Society, uh, a girl called Lucy Smith. She has, she's currently doing the Amoa at the moment, but she is by my side in everything that I do. She's my best pal in Somerset Referee Society. And she's the person that I go to for everything. She has a lot of struggles with certain things, but she powers through. And honestly, if I could do as well as her, in the next couple of seasons, then, yeah, I'll be pretty sure. Someone I'm proud to know. And what would you tell your 20-year-old so- year self to do more of? If I could go back, I would tell her to have more confidence in her ability. And I would tell everyone to tell themselves that at this age because there's so much negativity. There's so much kind of not good enough. You are. I really wish someone had told me back then you are good enough to do it because I got involved in rugby at the age of 18. I got played for England colleges and I didn't have the confidence in myself. I went to training camps and I didn't have confidence in myself to stay there. And I walked away from it, giving my place up to someone else. And I wish that I had known back then that I I could have done it. So yeah, have more confidence and have more belief. That's what I found myself. Becky, it's been absolutely brilliant. It's been uh, the confidence that's come through. And I really hope that people will take a lot from that because it's been fantastic. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you so much, Dad. Most appreciated. Take care.